You want it. You need it. It's what everyone's talking about. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Now, here's Kevin. You're listening to The Sports Fix. That's right. He (laughs) is back. God, it seems like you've been gone forever. I've been gone a long time. You really have been. in. I made a list of the things that I'm not sure you missed while you were away, but then I know some things you definitely missed. So we're going to go through some of those things. But that, of course, is the long-lost voice of one Tom Lavero, who is back from his Italy trip. And I want to hear all about it. This show is presented by Window Nation. Aaron's here, by the way. If you're in the market for Windows, call 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com and tell them we told you to call. How long were you gone? Well, uh... We were there for 14 days. Yeah, I was going to say, it yeah. had to be a week and a half to two weeks. Yeah, we were there for 14 well, days. Well, that's and the I, way to do it. Well, you I got to tell you, at the end, and maybe it was because we were in Florence at the end, and we had no idea how crowded it would be in Florence. It was wall-to-wall people, like like waves of people, whenever you went out, on every street. And uh, that, that kind of got tiring. So we were thinking maybe we were there like one or two days too many. Well, was Florence? So Florence was your last. Was the last stop part of the trip, and then we flew. Then we uh, took a train to Rome to fly home. Okay, got it. Now, you know what? God, Florence was so crowded when we were there over I, the I, summer. Apparently, it's I, I crowded it's all the time. And, um, it, it must be. Now, I loved Florence, but it sounds like it was the end of your trip. So maybe you were tired, and there there is nothing worse if you're tired at the end of a trip than just long lines and crowds and everything. Yeah, and and we had we had seen a lot and done a lot look it, it it was it it by far exceeded my expectations for the, the main reason was i met my family i met family the italian side of your family because you've got side, an irish side of your family yes, as well yes uh, my my paternal grandmother and grandfather came over from italy in 1910 they came over and on my grandmother's side the name gratani i met that family and we were the first American relatives to come over there since my grandparents left in 1910. Well, did did, did they remember your grandparents, people oh, in the no, family? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, uh, I had connected with one or two of them on Facebook, and uh, their their mother was my grandmother's sister. And uh, they live in this small town called Grumo, just outside of Bari, which is like a fishing village on the Adriatic Sea. And uh, they came and picked us up in Bari, and we spent the day with them. Uh, we met like 20, 30 relatives. Uh, they took us on a tour of Grumo, a walking tour of this small little town. Uh, they took us on a cemetery tour. In other words, to go see where our relatives were buried. Oh, really? Yeah. Which the, was, the Grittani side, your yes, grandmother's family. Yeah, my grandmother's family. <clears throat> and And then we ended the day with... A four and a half hour uh, slow motion uh, eating competition. <laughs> That's what it always is. It really was. Yeah. It, it was by by the by the uh, seventh course. Here comes another course. I said to <laughs> my, I said to my son Rocco. I said, "Well, dessert's got to be next." You know, I mean, I mean, they 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 put seven things in front of us. It's got to be dessert next. Well, dessert came two courses later, and there were three courses of dessert. I mean, literally. For four and a half hours, we sat at, at, and ate. Hopefully, you were also drinking some very good wine. Great wine. Yeah. great. We had great meals, great wine. We started out in Rome. And the funny thing was, 
It turns out Dan Snyder was in Italy the same time I, I know, was. I heard that. I didn't know that he was there for the entire time, but he was on his yacht. Over yeah, he was on his yacht. Yeah. You know, we don't run in the same circles. No, bar- just uh, by uh, maybe one group you're right. off. But I did see him at the Coliseum sketching notes maybe oh, for, you did? for a stadium. For the new stadium? For the new stadium plans. Um, what about the Lavero side of the family? Your well, grandfather you know, and your father. Uh, I, Any I Laveros? Well, they, they supposedly are from a town maybe just like a few miles away from Grumo, uh, a town called Potato. But we didn't get a chance to see. I, I have no contacts with them. Mm. I haven't been able to make any. So I just didn't want to walk into a town and start screaming Lavero and see who showed up. Did your grandfather and grandmother come over in 1910 right to New York? Yeah. And then they settled in Brooklyn? Well, first they settled in Syracuse for some reason. Why? What did he do? I, I don't know. Well, he wound up in, in Brooklyn being an ice man. Uh, he had an ice ice business where they delivered blocks sure. of ice yep. to people's houses, and they put those blocks of light ice under their icebox, and that's how pe- food stayed cold. Yeah, uh, I don't know why they went to Syracuse and then how they wound up in Brooklyn, but my dad was born in Syracuse. Uh, but, but then they, I, I mean, like with two or three, like by 1918, they were in, in, in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Had so, your dad ever been back? No, no, it that wasn't. I mean, that it never occurred to that generation yeah. to go back. It just you know to travel the year. It would have never occurred. To my family, to take a trip to Europe, right? It just wasn't yeah, it right. wasn't on their radar. Yeah, you know. So, but uh, Rome, Rome was great. Uh, my son Rocco. How crowded was Rome in spring? I mean, because it, it, it was it was really crowded when we were there last it was, July. It was expected and it was manageable. Yeah, and uh, we we stayed. Uh, you could hit the Pantheon with with a rock oh, from you our see it window. Right there. Yeah, yeah. So we stayed in great places. My son, it's a rather old building, isn't it? Yes, it is. A little bit. A little bit. A lot of the buildings are intimidating. Yeah, yeah they are. I mean, I, mean I, 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 I think our trip last summer, which was for my father's 80th birthday, and his wife put the whole thing together for my sister and her husband and, and their kids, and then, um, and then for my brother, um, et cetera. All of us were there. And it was spectacular. Now, we were in Florence um, and we were, you know, in Tuscany for the first uh, nine days, and then we spent three or four days in Rome to finish up the trip. But I love Rome. Yeah, Rome. Rome was great. We saw we saw the Vatican. Uh, we saw the Sistine Chapel. Was it? See that, that was a marathon. It is a marathon. Now I don't know if it was as crowded. Like we were in there, you could couldn't even move. There were so many people well, in there when well, we. Well, first went of all, in. we had to wait two hours, of course, online to get yeah. in. And what they do, it's like a ride at Disney World. You, you, they keep having signs that say Sistine Chapel, yeah. but it's not until the last thing. Exactly. I mean, so you have yeah. to, and, and look, you're looking at beautiful art, and and it, it's sort of overwhelming. And the one thing about the art that was uh, really like astonishing is you're looking at this art all over in front of you, and sometimes you have to stop and re- and look up. And realize that every room you were going through, there were paintings on the ceiling. Exactly. So every room. I mean, everybody painted on the ceiling back then, which I think is a lost art. I'm surprised more people don't do it uh, again. So it was... It was. Uh, so you were in the Vatican. You did the Sistine Chapel. What about Trevi Fountain? What about the Spanish Steps? What about all that stuff? Uh, we did. We did Trevi Fountain. We did the Colosseum one day. That was. I think that's spectacular. That is. Yeah. That really is. That 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 was uh, amazing to see uh, the Colosseum, and we had great meals. 
Uh, well, yeah, it's hard to get a yeah. bad meal. We had great meals. It drank a lot of wine. Did a lot of walking. Uh, it was a great. It was. It exceeded my expectations. Did you in- we, from 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 Rome? We spent three days in Rome. Then we went to Bari, uh, and then you know we visited our family there. And then from Bari, we took a train to Bari, and then from there we rented a car and drove up to Umbria, uh, which is wine country too, and stayed in this little town called Todi uh, at a winery. And it was my first wine tasting. Oh, yeah. And well, that, that that can be another long day with yeah. a lot of a, a yes. lot of main, a lot of courses. Yes. Yeah. We did we did two. I think we did two wine three wine tours when we were there. Yeah. But it was more than just a wine tour. It's a it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a day, and it's yeah. It's, it's actually it, it was at a spa. My first time I stayed at a spa. <laughs> Tommy had a spa. Yeah. That was sort of like. Uh, sort hopefully of like, that hopefully you didn't ask for a pedicure. <laughs> Um, but and then from there we we wrapped it up with Florence and then we flew out out of Rome. But uh, did it you was... make it to that in Florence that big um, market? I think they call it like Central Market yes. or whatever, where all those food places are. Oh, and all yeah. those out. That was that was pretty cool. Yeah, that 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 was very cool. And and we. But we, it is super crowded. Yeah, you know? it was much more crowded, more crowded than Rome. It was. Yeah, it was more because you walked out of your door. And you, you got caught up in a wave of, of people one you know, way or you the could, other. You could have had also, do you know, Florence, I think, I could be wrong about this. I think it is the number one um, foreign, you know, studying abroad place for Americans. Like more American students in college take a semester abroad in Florence than any other place in the world. I think that's true. And so what you may have had was the finish up to a semester with a lot of Amer- were there a lot of Americans? Yeah, there were a lot of Americans, but I mean the semester. I mean, people leave college at the beginning of May. It depends. So it I mean, depends. for the most part. So I'm not. I didn't. Well, it get seems the like sense. you've been gone since the beginning of May. I know, <laughs> I know, but uh, it it was everything I could have hoped for and, and, and the, more. And the Italian, the, they're they're just the nicest people. Oh yeah, I mean the, the best. Yeah, I mean you know they they, they want to make sure you're having a good time. They want to make sure. I, I didn't. I didn't experience any like tourism resentment in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and uh, I got to smoke a couple Cubans while I was there. Perfect. You know. And since, did since you? That's a country with with intelligence in and sanity. Rome, in Rome, where you? I mean, you had a, a vehicle. You were being taken around because it's a great. To me, it's a good walking city. Well, we walked. Okay, almost. I was going to say. But, I mean, but for well, you with you, your knees. Well, but my knees are good. I now. know they're good now. So, Somebody asked me about that yesterday. I you mean, asked me about your knees. Oh, th- that's why we couldn't do this trip before. Yeah. I mean, but right. I bet you we average six miles a day walking. Oh, definitely. Uh, I mean, every every day, and uh, we whenever we, we couldn't walk, I mean, we just took an Uber. My son Rocco travels a lot. He planned the whole thing. He got all the places to stay, made all the travel arrangements. Yeah, it's a good thing he didn't leave it up to you. Uh, well, no, I can do that. Where do you think he learned it from? <laughs> I don't know. He learned it from me. Right. Well. So. I've stayed in some pretty bad places with you before. Yeah, but you know, I didn't make those arrangements. <laughs> no, you, you didn't, and I certainly didn't either. We've done time in some places. <laughs> that was one of the first trips we took together. It was a Super Bowl, right? In Dallas. In Dallas, where it, you know, we had an ice storm the night we got in, and it was just just tragic the entire week trying to travel in a place that doesn't have snow or ice removal. Right, and we but, stayed in a motel. And Tom, what, what you you essentially said. 
we're you, you told our program director at the time, Chuck Sapienza, I believe it was, you know, you, we're supposed to be down here working the Super Bowl, and instead we're doing time. time. I mean, look, look, the reason I felt that was because there was an armed cop outside the there building was. all the time. God, I, I never understood that. Do you remember... You didn't. We weren't together in San Francisco, were we? No, we we did we did my we did South Florida. Yeah, we did uh, we did Dallas. I did Indianapolis and New Orleans by myself. That's right. And then I did San Francisco and, and New, New York. York. Um, the San Francisco thing, like you know, whatever. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. But if they had just made a minimal effort. They would have found a perfect place close to Radio Row for maybe $12 more a night. But it was always, remember with that group, let's see how little we can spend, no matter the inconvenience, to the people that are going to be there working. Absolutely. Uh, I think one of those trips we had literally where they had booked us, and I changed mine. I said, I'm not doing this. They had booked us like 35 to 40 minutes away from Radio Row. And and by the way, told us, no rental cars. Just one, and you all have to share it. <laughs> and I just said, you know what? I got something much closer, and I canceled that reservation, and I'll pick up the difference of 20 bucks a night, yeah. which is what it was. Yeah. It was stupid. Um, so, anyway. so uh, you know, I, I, I distanced myself as much as I could. From what was going on here, but when it was, did, did you leave before April, the draft? I, I left April 29th, right after the draft. Right when the draft was over. Yeah, but we we have not been have back not, together. No, since we have the not draft. talked since the draft. I, I have followed because it's hard not to follow it. The uh, Dwayne Haskins orgy from afar. <laughs> the Dwayne Haskins orgy. Yes. I God, you know somebody. Um, I was reading through Twitter last night, and I and I think it's because you sent out a tweet. Tommy's got his event tonight. Tell everybody about the event. Is it too late for people to, to show no, up? No, no. Okay. People, a lot of people buy tickets at the door. It's a cigars and curveballs fundraiser for the DC Grays, the organization that brings baseball opportunities to inner city kids in Washington. Nonprofit organization. It's six to eight p.m. at Shelley's back room in the 1300 block of F Street Northwest in the district. Uh, for a $75 ticket donation, you get three cigars, appetizers, and you get to, uh, we have a live auction of different Are you going to wait until the end to do the live auction? Because I'm coming tonight, but I'm going to be there at the beginning, and then I've got to take off after about an hour. Uh, when are you going to do the live we auction? We usually do the auction at the, at the midway point. Okay, good. We usually do, and we've got, we've got an Anthony Rendon uh, signed bat, uh, we've got uh, tickets to the Delta 360 Club, those old President's Club seats for the Nationals. I was there last night in those seats. Oh, okay. With Harley from Window Nation. There you go. So those are good seats. Uh, do you want to tell any everybody about the surprise guest, potentially? A potential no. surprise? No, I no? don't. Okay. No, no, no. All right, well, let me just say that there is a potential big-name surprise guest that will be at this event. <laughs> Uh, and that's pretty exciting. Come out. I'm going to be there right uh, if if it starts at six. I'm going to be there at six. Okay. Um, I got to take off probably around seven, but I'll try to wait for that live auction. Do you have good those the, those nat seats? I got one of those years, and it turned out to be awesome because it was a you know massive discount from what you'd actually pay. Oh yeah, for the seats. Yeah, we've got uh, actually the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs have donated four box seats to a Blue Crabs game with a signed bat from the whole team. 
Uh, we've got other Anything merchandise. Anything from DC United? And stuff. No, no, no. Nothing from DC United. Because the Post, once again, I'm telling you, the DC United are a big deal. I mean, they take up most of the sports section really? every day when they play. Really? Yeah. I mean, they, they, I'm sure they know their audience. They must. They must. I mean, you had two Game 7s the other day, Tommy, in the NBA playoffs, and the following day's paper had D.C. United all over. I had to go to D6 to get the NBA. Not that I'm always reading the paper, but, you know, I still get it delivered. I'm still one of, you know, a half, you know, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of a half million people that still get the post delivered. I don't know if it's that many. I think it is that many. I don't think it is. I tell you one thing: in Italy, they still read newspapers. There are newsstands all over Rome where you can buy papers, and I saw people reading papers at breakfast. What, what was your favorite part of the trip, other than seeing? Other than the family, family. was the, the wine, the winery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was just so good, and just like it was like it was like being in. It's like being in a picture postcard and, all the and, time. And the food. Like, you don't get pasta like that here. No. It's just, it's different. Everything no. about it is different. Yeah. And and I, the one thing about the food, though, uh, look, my son and my wife, Liz. Oh, you didn't ask for a ham and cheese sandwich or a No, no, no. I, 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 I bought into the Italian thing. Okay, good. From the moment I got there. I ate croissants and, and pasta. And you're not a big wine drinker. No, but I drank wine Good. every every night when I was there. Uh, but here's my, my wife and my son, they're what you would call foodies. They care about food a lot. They're particular about it. And the one thing that kept coming up, and I, eventually I got used to it, but when I order food and we're all sitting down to eat dinner, I don't want to eat your food. I don't want to eat his food. <laughs> And You're I don't want to eat sharing? her food. You're not big into sharing. No, I want to eat my food. Yeah, I know. You know, that's why I ordered my food. If you wanted my food, <laughs> you should have ordered my food. I think you got to ease up on that. You're on vacation and you, it's family. I mean, you don't well, have I, I did somebody it. from the next table asking I, I you to taste. I did it, but, but it's not my style. It's not what I'm used to. Sometimes I'm thinking... No, I don't want. I don't want what you ordered. Listen, I want what I your, ordered. It's not your style to go to Europe either. So we got you <laughs> out of the house and got you out of the state, which was good. Um, so let's. And go. the other one last thing. Yeah, it's harder to get in the Nationals Park than it is to get in Italy. We just walked into Italy. <laughs> it was pretty much unbelievable. I said, "Is that it? <laughs> is that it? That's all?" Yeah. Well, they're they're easy going um, there. Um, all right, so. Where do you want to start? Let me actually real quickly, because last night, and I wanted to thank Harley and and uh, and Ethan and, and Les, the guys that uh, were with us last night, but last night was one of those nights, Tommy. First of all, Cooley was in here yesterday, did the show. He and I went and played golf. It was like a really good day yesterday, beautiful day outside. We played golf. Then I, I head, headed down to Nats Park, met Harley from Window Nation. He was with Les and Ethan. Ethan works for The Post. Ethan, thanks. I know you had a lot to do with getting the tickets, um, and then we went to the MGM <laughs> after the sixth inning. You know, that's a pretty good day. You know, I don't have days like that uh, very often, but, you know, golf and then the Nats game, we left at the, you know, in the sixth inning. Now, Les and Harley and I left. Ethan was convinced that the 5-1 lead would be given up by the bullpen, um, and he typically wouldn't be wrong, so he stayed, and then we jumped over to uh, to the MGM uh, Which is really close by. 
Oh, it's I mean, just a, 10 a, minutes. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, – no, seriously. You know, n- the Nats game for six innings and then the MGM is a pretty good plan for a Wednesday night. Yes, it it's is. It's not a bad plan for a Wednesday night. Of course, it would be better if we all won money. But they didn't build that big place out at National <laughs> Harbor with the expectation that people were just going to go to the Nats game for six innings and come over and clean house. No, no, um, they didn't. But it was a, it was a really good um, it was a really good night anyway. Um, you'll actually get a kick out of this because Window Nation is a client right. of the podcast, and Harley is is a friend, but he's a he's a client, and Aaron and everybody from Window Nation, and um, I, he got the tickets for the game, and my wife said to me, "Wait a minute, he's the client." Yeah. He's getting the tickets, <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, he is." And they were—they're great seats, and he got me good parking too. <laughs> Harley, you're the best. Uh, go to windownation.com or call eight six six ninety nation if you need new windows. Seriously, they will take good care of you. They always do, and I'll have more on the great deal they've got going on in a bit. Um, I did not because I went to the Nats game last night. Where, by the way, um, that's the second game I've been to this year, and both games they have won. Who pitched the first game? Uh, the first game that I went to, I want to say it was Hellickson. I think I saw Hellickson pitch okay. his first game. I think that's who it was. Last night, it was Corbin, and he pitched great, but they got a lot of run production early on. Early on, they gave him an early And lead. they ended up winning the game 5-1, to one, um, but it was a beautiful night. So I'm 2-0 and oh so far at Nats games, uh, which is pretty good. You know, they've Well, they're, you know what? I mean, you've seen most of their wins. I, I know. I pretty much have. <laughs> I was there Tuesday night. Oh, you were? I oh, went, I, you, I got you've it, been home since Tuesday? I got home, I got home Monday night late, ah. and I had to go to the park Tuesday to transact some business. Uh, so I stayed for the game, and they looked so bad Tuesday night. They, I mean, they, they had another first-inning error that cost them the game. Right. I mean, they, they couldn't turn a double play, uh, and Hellickson, for the second time he started in a row— what was 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 backstabbed by the the defense in the first inning, and he's not the kind of pitcher who can recover from that. In the first, in his previous start, he against Milwaukee, he had given up a home run to Christian Yelich for one nothing, right, and was about to get out of the inning with just giving up one run. But then Rendon made an error. Anthony Rendon made an error, uh, gave away an out, and then Milwaukee wound up scoring three more runs that inning. And they were, and you know, to Alexson goes back to the dugout down four nothing in his previous start, just like he did Tuesday night. You know, I mean, they couldn't turn the double play. Ramos winds up going to the plate and, and hits the grand slam home run. So I mean, and they they just look terrible. I mean, Brian, look, Brian Dozier look, is a mess. I mean, he hasn't clicked, uh, and, and Wilmer Defoe has taken a step back development wise. He's been terrible. At shortstop, he's been the worst shortstop in the league. They've only won two series so far this season. They won a series in New York against the Mets, I think in the second week of the season, and they won a series in Philadelphia early in the series uh, season. Actually, that's not true. The the, 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 the series that I went to, the, the game that I went to against the Giants, they won that series okay. too. Um, but they've got a chance to win a series today against the Mets to take two out of three, which would be huge. That's how they, you climb back in. Yeah, just winning you two win, out of you, three. You win a series. It's a long season. I mean, you don't you take it one series at a time, and you try to win the series. They, You're not trying to win every game. They then have you know a pretty hot team in the Cubs. Yeah, coming in. Um, yes. And by the way, we have an autographed Joe Madden item for auction 
at tonight's uh, that's awesome uh, cigar and curve. You've got some event. really good items tonight. Yes, not bad. Shelley's back room. By the way, it's easy to get to whether you're metroing it or driving. There's plenty of parking right there, like literally across the street. Plenty of parking. Yes. So um, come on out tonight. Um, so I was going to say that. You know, being at the Nats game and then being at the MGM, even though when we were playing, we were playing blackjack and there were in the uh, and the TVs were on behind, so I was watching some of the NBA game. And one of the things you have actually missed since you've been away, some good NBA playoffs in that second round, the Houston Golden State series, losing Durant and then Golden State right. winning two games anyway. Um, there have been some really um, interesting, you know, games. Not I know not everybody's into it. I am. But I didn't see the game last night really start to finish, so I'll, you know, parts of it and then highlights this morning. I really want Toronto to win, and so I was rooting for them to win last night. I did not play the game last night, but I picked the Bucks in five. They're really good, Tom. Yeah, they are. They're really good. and But they're not good enough. Well, to beat Toronto? No, to beat Golden State. Well, it's funny because I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast or if Aaron and I were talking about this off the podcast, but... I think if it's Milwaukee Golden State that it's going to be shocking to many of you how little of of a favorite Golden State will be. Really? Yeah, the the books Vegas is very very bullish on Milwaukee right now. You know, you, they just think that the Bucks are the real deal. And last night Toronto had them dead to right for a cover. I mean, they're getting six and a half. If you took Toronto, you may have bought the half point to get it to seven. And they somehow lost by eight because they didn't score over the final three minutes of the game. In fact, everybody but Kyle Lowry, um, the rest of the team went 0 for 15 in the fourth quarter. And, Tommy, you've missed some incredible Kawhi Leonard performance. Oh, I, I, I mean, I in saw the postseason. I saw the game winning shot. Yeah, that was incredible. I but mean, he, I saw that. He, he basically averaged, I think, you know, 35 you really, I, I, for the I, series. I, I've said this a number of times, but it is remarkable. I mean, you had him picked in that draft when he was coming out of where? San Diego State? Yeah, San Diego State. Yeah. The Jan Vesely draft. Yeah, you had him. You said that's the guy you I, should go after. And I told Ernie Grunfeld before that draft. Did you really? Yeah, don't you remember? We we were down there. I think it was you and me. And um, and I said, Kawhi Leonard. I said, nobody has him You know where you are at six or wherever they were picking. I said, but that guy's going to be great. I mean, and that I, was the was, year he, after I told him that, that I said, I, I think Steph Curry's going to be a really good NBA player. No, I'm telling you, you know, the job. He, he guess loved what? Harden, yeah, though. Kevin, what? the job's still open. <laughs> it's you know? still open. It's still open. It's not as desirable. They're, they're looking at talent in Chicago right now, but they don't have a GM. At, at the, what do they have, the workout? Yeah. Like their version of the combine oh, the NBA has right now in Chicago, but they don't have a GM I'm yet. I'm sure Wizards Ted do. and Zach have yet to find a nerd that meets their requirements. Well, they you know, they hired this consultant uh, yeah. who, who's got his start in, in, I think, Premier League soccer. It's an English guy, but who's very highly respected. The Rams, uh, Sean uh, McVay. McVay hired this guy oh, I didn't know to this. study his organization. Wait, hold on. Who are you? Who is this guy you're talking about? I, I forget the guy's name. Do you know Aaron? It's a consultant that the Wizards have hired. I knew hired they were hiring a consultant to, to help them with their GM search. And, and to help them with their ma- their whole management structure is what Ted has pointed out. Now, this guy's very oh, – look I, I look, I did a lot of research on him, even though I can't remember his name now. <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> But I, I look, a lot of research. Look, I did at the moment. Okay. So, but I know got, that got I, some initials. That's no, I don't. I, I, that Sean McVay had hired him 
to be uh, a consultant for his organization. So he hired a guy who's got tremendous credentials to figure out what's wrong with the Wizards. But I noticed that while I was gone, uh, Candace Buckner, who does a good job covering the team for the Post, she writes a story saying the problem with the Wizards was the culture. Yes, she wrote a very good story, and I and I referenced that story and told everybody to read it. I think it was a very good story with with quotes from a lot of people that essentially said what you felt all along. Yes, which was that Ernie was just too good of a guy, and the culture was basically if you're a star player, you can do whatever the hell you want to do. This I just wanted to point out. This is this was the essence of my problem with Ernie. It was it was not look. He was not how incompetent he was or wasn't. It was that uh, you had coaches that, that, that tried to change the culture and had their knees taken out under, from under them by Ernie. So, I mean, I was glad to see that story because I think it just validated everything I had been say, saying and written. Right? Um, well, he's gone now. They haven't replaced him. It no, would have been easier to replace him had they gotten the number one pick or at least something in the top three. Yeah, instead, um, but, they, they got, they've got pick number nine. Let me ask you a question yeah. about that. Shouldn't there be at least nine really good players in this NBA draft? Aren't there? Is is it that it's college basketball that bad that there's not nine good players that could be good pros? There are more than that, but 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 that's not what people how people view it in the moment. You you know that these things are never ever. Uh, even 50% right when it comes yes. to the drafts in any of any, these sports. It, it's, you're judging. Certainly in football and basketball, the two sports that I follow the most. And baseball's even worse. So, you know, uh, it's like everybody believes that this is a top three pick draft. And by the way, I do think Zion Williamson's going to be a major star. And I think John Morant's going to be a big time star. And if I the Wizards, too. If the Wizards had ended up with the second pick and not the first, I would have been just but as absolutely, happy with that. Absolutely. Now, Zion, did you see uh, you know, already in day one thousands of new tickets sold? Yeah. Like, the, he's a needle mover. Yeah. Now, I want to point. Remember, I came back from New Orleans in January and I said that was an invisible franchise in town. I mean, basically, there wasn't a billboard, there wasn't a hat for sale, there wasn't a t-shirt anywhere that said the New Orleans... You wouldn't know the Pelicans were in New Orleans when I was there for three days. Have they ever been in to, to the New Orleans teams there? You know, Going back to the Jazz, I did have, they care about the Jazz in the 70s? I, I have a column that's running tomorrow uh, that talks about that, because I went to New Orleans when the Hornets moved from Charlotte... And we're just about to start. And I did some research on the Jazz. And the Jazz, the Jazz had, they had a following. They were right in the middle of the NBA attendance, you know, at, at the time. And remember, they had Pistol Pete. They made yeah. a trade for, with Atlanta to get Pistol Pete. And he was an all-star for four of the five years that he was there. Uh, so they had the LSU superstar, Pistol Pete. They drew pretty well, but they played in the Superdome. That's true, and yes. that was a disaster. Uh, well, that you know? makes sense. Yeah, I remember. It, I it was not remember. an atmosphere, basketball atmosphere. They get thirty thousand people for a Lakers game, but but even still, you know, it, would it, they it, really get thirty thousand? Occasionally, if the Lakers came into the town? Lakers, the Knicks, the the Seventy Sixers at the time with Doctor J. 
They were probably the first basketball team. Now, I know Elvin Hayes played Lou Alcindor in the Astrodome in the famous Houston-UCLA game 1969 when Elvin went for 39 and they ended UCLA's winning streak. But but a team playing regularly in a dome, they had to be the first. And not only did they play regularly, they they were the the stepchild tenant. I mean, the, the city took care of the Saints first, then they took care of the car shows, then they took care of the flea markets, and then right. the Jazz got whatever dates were left. They'd go on three-week road trips sometimes. So they they were kind of set up to fail from the beginning. And when your team moves from New Orleans to Salt Lake City, yeah. you know, you're thinking, oh, my God, we're never going to get it again. But like most teams who lose a sports franchise, they spend the next decade or two decades trying, trying to get one back. And eventually they did with the Hornets, but they had not. Look, Katrina did a lot to that that town. And whatever traction they were trying to get, that really they lost a lot with, with Katrina. The population of the town, it's slowly coming back, but it's almost 200,000 less than it was when the team moved there. So, uh, But Zion Williamson will change all that. Well, I mean, a lot of that. you know this um, about New Orleans. New Orleans is a very underrated sports town. Now, it's football-driven. It is yes. Saints and LSU, LSU football. I mean, that is, you know, 1 and 1A. One it's, it's, it's just not, everything pales in comparison. But it, the, the, it's a good, like, their football fans are great fans. Oh, yeah. Um, and so if you provide a winner for them, they'll probably support it. You know, those early teams with Chris Paul, a couple of those teams that were, you know, okay, I think they got supported. Back to the draft for a moment, because I was looking at it yesterday um, morning before the show just to sort of think about, you know, who would be there. We're going to see so many different things mocked, and we've, we haven't even had the pro days and the, and, and the opportunities. Like right now, by the way, Aaron, have you seen this? Bruno Fernando is mocked out of a lot of first rounds into second rounds. Yeah, there, there's a few. I, saw, I know the Athletic had him at the very end of the first round. A few have had him at the very end of the first round. But, yeah, overwhelmingly it's kind of in that 28 to 36 what range. What if he ends up in a second round with no guaranteed contract? It'd be a bummer. Be a real bummer. Um, no, he wouldn't be any worse off than he would have been at Maryland. He wasn't. Yeah, you know, it's not like he was making any money at Maryland. No, no, I'm. I'm just saying that he loved Maryland. I know. You know, some of these kids are coming in to get their one year, and they're gone. Like Josh Jackson, right from from a year ago. Um, you know, came in from Toronto. He wanted to play, then got, got hurt and ended up going anyway. Bruno really loved Maryland and loved playing college basketball. Even without him, by the way, Maryland right now is a preseason top ten to twelve pick. For next year, but what I was I, so I was looking around, and there were college uh, players that I really, really liked, and I hadn't checked out a mock draft in a while until yesterday morning, and like to me, Grant Williams out of Tennessee is as sure a thing. Now, it, his is his upside. What you know, a half dozen guys that'll be taken in front of him. Uh, is it that high? No, but his floor is super high. Like he is going to be a 12-year pro. He's going to make a couple of all-star teams. He's going to be a solid, you know, uh, uh, pro. He just has the whole game. He's just not, you know, over the, you know, top athletic. But if he were sitting there at 9 and even if he were mocked at 23 or 18, I'd think about taking him. By the way, a, a mature kid too. Keldon Johnson's one year at Kentucky, you could see 
how good of a player he's going to be. I liked Cam Johnson after he transferred from Pitt to North Carolina. To me, he looks like a big-time shooter and and scorer in the NBA. Um, The kid from Kentucky, Tyler Harrow, who really got uh, hot late, he's going to score big-time in the NBA. But those are, you know, Brandon Clark from Gonzaga I like a lot. They're going to have a chance to take a player, and hopefully they'll get lucky and take a player that ends up being a player that six teams in front of them screwed up yeah. on. Yeah. But they're usually the one. Yes, or, they And are. they have been when, it, when it's come to the draft, that they take a player, and then 15 players go after them, and two of those guys end up being all-stars. This is why you need to be the GM. No, I don't know about that. You know what? If, I tell you what, I got a better idea. Mm-hmm. Let's make Buck the GM. <laughs> you know? Let's just make him the play-by-play guy. I know. Let's start with that. I know. That's that's a travesty that's still going oh, on. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I don't we're not we're not gonna talk about anything until it's official. We talked about it when it first came out, obviously. Right. But uh I, I just would be really I'd be dis- fine with Buck as the GM though. I'd be yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um all right, so there, there's a lot of Redskins stuff. A lot right? of Redskins. By the way, real quickly, just since we were on NBA for a moment. Um, I like the Blazers tonight plus seven and a half. I know I like them in game one, two. I really like them tonight plus seven and a half. I don't even think it's a smell test pick, Aaron. I would guess that the public's on Golden State tonight laying seven and a half. I didn't even check on that, but I just think the Blazers are going to win two games in this series, and I think one of them comes tonight. Certainly plus the seven and a half, I like them tonight. Um, did you see the hockey controversy last night? I actually watched the highlights of that I, this I've morning. I've read about it. I followed it on social media. Uh, you ha- you didn't... The Caps were done when you left for your trip, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, they I were. I thought they were. Yeah. Uh, there was a hand pass in overtime that led to the game-winning right. goal for San Jose. Yeah. And apparently it's not something you can, you can overturn review, with replay. I guess. I mean, that seems like an obvious one that you'd be able to re- review and it, it, it should. call no goal. It, it should. I mean, I think I think you should review everything. I mean, for crying out loud. I mean, in hockey, they do it quick. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like a long, drawn-out affair when, when, when they're reviewing in hockey. They pretty much have a good system that were the, probably the best of all the, all the reviews. All right, let's get to some Redskin stuff after a quick word for Window Nation. And I think Scott's going to call in as well so we can talk some PGA Championship with him. It's already underway. Uh, Tiger uh, double bogeyed, number one. I think he's got it back to one over at this point. Um, it's Kevin Sheehan for Window Nation. It's graduation time, not just for schools, but it's time for your home to graduate up to new energy-efficient windows from Window Nation. And as a graduation gift, all window styles are 50% off. You choose bays, bows, double-hung, wood, vinyl, any size, any color, all custom-made, and all, right now, 50% off. Window Nation's got massive buying power, and it translates to savings for you. It gets better, by the way, than just the 50% off. Right now, make no down payment with no payments and no interest for 12 full months. And if you call Window Nation this week, not only will you take 50% off every window, plus you're going to get free blinds with a purchase of a house of windows. New windows save energy, improve the look and value of your home. Right now, 50% off with no down payment, no payments, and no interest for 12 months plus free blinds. 
Call Window Nation today for a free in-home estimate. I know some of you have done it recently, and I appreciate you reaching out to them and letting me know that you're doing it uh, on Twitter. Uh, and you told me that they were out the next day to provide a quote. I've used Window Nation twice over the last 10 years. They're going to send their best salesperson out to your home. They're going to go through your house, non-intrusively, room by room. They'll tell you which rooms need new windows and which rooms don't. They'll give you a quote, and that quote is valid for a full year right now. The school year is about to end, and so is this deal. Hurry right now and call 866-90-NATION or go online at windownation.com. That's 866-90-NATION or windownation.com and tell them that I sent you. All right, so um, you left just as the draft ended. Uh, One of the things I'm sure you heard and read about was just how over the moon people were about the Redskins draft. Yes. I mean, this is really, in all honesty, this is what they needed. What what it means, we'll ne- we, we're not going to know for years. I, I've emphasized that over and over again. But really, when you consider where this franchise was in late December and early January, they have actually had an offseason. Kevin, they win the offseason. It's what they now, do. They haven't under Bruce Allen. They haven't under Bruce Allen, but they needed it. And I said to you from the beginning, this was going to be an offseason where Dan was not going to put up with the typical Bruce Allen, look who I got you and look at the deal I got on him. It was going to have to be something bigger and better. And they went after A.B., Antonio Brown. They didn't get him. They went after Golden Tate. They tried to get C.J. Mosley, a bunch of different guys. They did get Landon Collins, which was huge. And then they drafted Dwayne Haskins, the guy that the owner wanted. By the way, stop with with the pushback on us talking about Dwayne Haskins being Dan's pick. He was. Just deal with it. It doesn't mean he's wrong. And it doesn't mean that I'm not going to be supportive and hope that he plays well, even though I was not a big Haskins fan. I'm not going to change my mind over that. But this was Dan Snyder's pick more than anybody else's in the organization. If you don't believe it, that's your you have every right to to not believe it, but every single bit of reporting including all of the conversations I've had with people in the know suggest to me that the football people, scouts and coaches would have never taken Dwayne Haskins at 15 and you heard Cooley say the same thing yesterday. But the owner wanted it to happen and one of the reasons he wanted it to happen was because he wanted this offseason to be an offseason that created some hope. Yeah. And I think they've done that. Well, I, I think it's been achieved. I, I get that, but, uh, you know, it gets cold in December. <laughs> it, well, you get that? it gets pretty cold in December. It, yeah, you know well, what I mean? It, and it rains a lot in November. Yes. So uh, we still have that to look forward to. Here's the thing that, that's so off-putting, I think, and what scares Redskins fans that they don't want to admit it. They know what can what the potential for damage to a young kid like Dwayne Haskins can be with an owner who's enamored with him. They know it. Look, I, I watched the whole Joe Theismann jersey thing from Oh, that's afar. right. You weren't here for no, that. No, I wasn't here for that. But what they did to a kid who already has been empowered by the owner, the only prospect that the owner met with at the Combine and the, the one who the owner called the night of the draft to tell him that he was picked by the Washington Redskins, that kid's going to walk into that locker room with, with, a, with a special dispensation for a jersey 
that any other person in that locker room wanted to wear, they couldn't. For any if 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 Jordan Reed decided he wanted to wear number eighty one, how do you think that would work? That's not going to happen. And 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 the last thing they needed to do with with Haskins and Haskins, the entertainment company that they've set up. Yes, H and H. Yes, is 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 empower them with with special treatment by giving him a jersey that Redskins fans valued that. That he didn't do anything, hasn't even hadn't even stepped in the locker room yet to earn what they what they based on what ha- you see if they think they did anything wrong with RG three and they don't think they did anything wrong with him, they would realize you know what we need to do with this kid is to say you're just like any other rookie, you're t- you you haven't done anything for us yet. You want you want a number, pick a number and make it special for you. Make your number. You know, Joe said that to Haskins and said, I want you to go think about this and then get back to me a little bit later. And he thought about it and got back to him and said, I want number seven. I, I get that. I understand that because that's good business for Haskins and Haskins. I understand that. And, and it's his number. You know, I mean, that's what he wanted. But, uh, look, again, the, the situation with Theismann, people say, well, Joe said it was okay. Well, what was he going to say? Once, it, once the team refused to step in, and say no, you know we're not of we're not course. giving that out. Of What's course. Joe going to say no? Yeah, I mean, he, he puts him in a bad situation. So you by have. The way, by the way, real quickly, because I I totally agree with everything you're saying. Just because uh, you weren't here for this to hear my view on it, I totally agree with what you're saying. It was it. This is not a Joe decision. This is an organization decision, and that that's the way all of these things should play out. And I do think ultimately to make things really simple, they retire some jerseys and then they leave and, and they, then they don't retire jerseys and they make the decision on which jerseys are retired and which aren't. And we move forward, you know, with that, I agree but, with that. but, but Joe, Joe can't be put on the spot. It's awkward. Yes. You know, and it's, it's, but to your point, and I made this point too, about the lesson that we have to hope that Dan Snyder learned from the RG3 experience. But then again, to learn a lesson, you think he, you have to believe and admit that you made a mistake. And I don't think that they think no. they made a mistake. But um, the reason that you know he left it up to Joe is he, he knew Joe would be in an awkward position and he wants Haskins to wear seven. Of course he does. He knows... He knows the merchandise sales exactly. for seven. Although I didn't see any Haskins jerseys in Italy. I was kind of surprised. <laughs> well, it's early. Maybe next year. I, I, I was kind of surprised at that. And I don't know Dwayne Haskins from Adam. Everything I've read from him about him is he seems like a really good kid. He uh, seems like he's got a lot of talent. He's, he's he's very savvy from a business standpoint, he and his father. Yes. they um, The draft night, you may not know this. They wanted to spend it with friends and family, and they did out at a bowling alley in Gaithersburg oh, yeah. where they charge $50 yes. a head to get in. Haskins and Haskins, so the, they, the they, entertainment they can, company. They can generate some revenue yes. off of, off and of I his don't brand. Re- I don't resent that don't, in a vacuum. It's, it's just that you know what it represents, what it's represented before. What's it, what it's represented before. You can't, I mean, unless you're taking a lot of medication you can't forget what has happened before. You know what's so funny? Because I, I haven't. Aaron and I have talked about it. Um, you know, I, a couple of other people that I've had on, we've talked about it. I, I there are two things here with Haskins. One is the football thing, and then the other because <clears throat> you can't do it in a vacuum. Um, you just can't because 
The context is an owner that over the years with a player that he's enamored with has effed it up for the player and the team. Yes. And so, it, but what's amazing is how many people will say, you know, just just let him play. We're going to let him play. We don't have a choice. <laughs> of course we're going to let him play and we're going going to evaluate him when he plays. But to ignore you know, a, a draft night of 50 bucks ahead and a Bentley with embroidered logos into the seats of his clothing brand a, in the context of this owner and RG3 and everything else, I, like Tommy said, you've been, you must have been medicated for the last, you know, six or seven years. It doesn't mean that you can't simultaneously believe that it won't end up the same way. And that you you're gonna we're all gonna sit back we're gonna watch it as a fan of the team I hope it turns out completely different because and and you know bottom line with something like this more t- more times than not it comes down with an owner like Snyder it's gonna come down to the kid it's gonna come he's down, gonna have to be really strong he's gonna have to be strong he's gonna have to have the right you know mindset he's gonna have to understand that he's gonna have to earn it. He's going to have, uh, Tommy, I, I spent, you know, 20 minutes on the show, I think last week or the week before you weren't here, saying that the owner has to somehow, if it's not the owner, then the player's going to have to understand this, but it's going to have to be made very clear that there is one voice when it comes to football-related matters. And I say one, it's the head coach, but it's his position coaches, et cetera, too. But these are the people that are going to have to make him earn it and make him accountable. And then once he's earned it, he's, they're going to have to make him continue to earn it because that's what the great ones do. That's what the great ones do. The great ones are not handed you know, special entitlements before they've thrown their first touchdown pass or after a really good season made to feel like they are the second most important person in the organization after the owner. He made that mistake with Griffin. It sabotaged the relationship between not only Griffin and his coaching staff, but Griffin and many of his teammates. Yes. And and, th- and he, his he, teammates he cannot do that with Haskins. His teammates are going to look at a rookie who already has more power than most of the veterans in that locker room. And and Haskins has he, to recognize that. And he he can't he's got to he's got to just go about Griffin was un, you know unfortunately for the situation he was the wrong guy to entitle yes. because he was already massively self-absorbed and then took it and ran with it. You know, my my sense of it is is that it, this guy is not going to be another Griffin. And hopefully he will be able to, you know, remember, Griffin was at Baylor. Baylor wasn't a football power. The success that he had at Baylor was new for Baylor. He became this high school star. It changed the program at changed Baylor. changed the program. Haskins was at Ohio State, right, where you know there have been a lot of guys blood. with much bigger names than Haskins yes. to come through that okay, program. Okay, but, but there there's... And he had to sit and learn behind, you know, uh, JT Barrett. Haskins may not be RG three, but the senior Haskins may be a worse version could be, of the senior RG three. He could be, he could be uh, um, ball. Yeah. It could be a ball situation. Yeah. It, it could be bad. I mean, based on that, based on that conversation he had with that New Jersey oh, yeah. reporter, uh, we're talking about a little bit of, of unhingement there. And so, look, there's a, there, we're just saying, I'm just saying, I, I, look, I understand why Redskins fans would be excited. If you've been walking through the desert 
for 20 years and you see a water fountain in the distance, even if it's a mirage, you're excited about it because you don't know it's a mirage until you get there. So, I mean, that's what it is. He's a drink of water in the desert. So I understand the excitement. What I don't understand is is uh, the orgy fest on the Haskins and Haskins uh, network, <laughs> otherwise known as NBC Sports Washington. I mean, that is just unbelievably over the top. Look, Tommy, to- Tommy look. Please. The, the benefits to everybody that talks Redskins, that covers Redskins, that coaches, plays, owns, manages Redskins, right now there is a benefit to them having draft, drafted Dwayne Haskins at 15. To your point, gets awfully cold in December, and it may not last long, but right now... I totally get how everybody is trying to leverage this. I think when when you do what you do and what I do and what, you know, I think that the bottom line is is that the only thing that really works is being totally honest. Yes. It's the only thing that really works, but you know, they're a partner uh, for, for of, of the Redskins and I, it's it's right now things look pretty good. Things look pretty good. I mean, when I say pretty good, it just, things are optimistic. I'll tell you, I am optimistic about Montez Sweat. This is a guy I wanted. This is a guy I loved. It's a guy I loved playing, watching play. And if he ends up being Von Miller or something close, the Redskins are going to be able to compete with a really good defense. That to me is as important to watch here in, in 2019. But nothing's guaranteed. I still think this is a double-digit loss team in 2019. I still think it is, too. But, you know, I might want to point out for people who say I'm so negative about the Redskins, and I don't particularly care that you you say that one way or the other. Before the season started last year, uh, after I watched them in OTAs and after I watched them before, at least before the first game of training camp when Darius Geis got hurt, I thought they were a nine-win team going yeah. into the season. We, bo- last we year. both thought that they were going to be much yeah. improved in if, uh, with a really good defense and with Alex Smith managing the game. Yeah. That a nine-win season was in play. I, I, thought, I don't I, think that about 2019. No, and 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 we were wrong last year. Yeah, we were. You we know, were. they they were ended up seven and nine, and the offense wasn't very good, even the, even when they were six and three, on the way to six and four. Um, so that that's all. I I understand the giddiness, uh, just from a media perspective. Uh, I think it would be. I, I think it'd be more professional if it was tempered. Uh, yeah, I think there's. I think when you've had, you know, the rock bottom hit in December, early January, um, that rock bottom affects everybody. Yes, it does. It, it affects everybody. I, I, and I, and I, I I've know. said this a million times. Even though I don't necessarily think that we've been, you know, really devastated or hurt badly by their dysfunction winning would be 10 times better them winning and becoming a contender would be so much better for everybody in the market i just don't know that's the truth i just that's the truth i just unfortunately as a diehard lifelong fan have come to the realization that as long as dan snyder owns this team and bruce allen's running it it's a long shot if if not impossible to have sustained success Unless, and we've said this before, unless somehow they draft accidentally Patrick Mahomes. And maybe Dwayne Haskins is Patrick Mahomes. Or some, or Ben Roethlisberger. That yep. would be awesome. Uh, we need to get Scott in here because okay. he's got to go. But quick word about stamps.com. 
Uh, Stamps.com is perfect for small businesses. It's one of the most popular time-saving tools for small businesses. Stamps.com eliminates trips to the post office and saves you money with discounts that you can't even get at the post office. Stamps.com brings all the amazing services of the U.S. post office right to your computer. Whether you're a small office sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or a warehouse that sends out thousands of packages a day, Stamps.com can handle it with ease. Listen carefully because I've researched this and used it. If you are a small business and you're just doing postage the normal way, give Stamps.com a shot. You simply use your computer. You print an official U.S. postage out 24 hours a day, 7 days a week for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, you just hand it to your mail carrier or you drop it in a mailbox. It's that simple. But there's more. With Stamps.com, you get $0.05 off every first-class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail. Stamps.com is a no-brainer. It saves you time and money. It's no wonder over 700,000 small businesses already are using Stamps.com. Right now, my listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage, and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to Stamps.com right now. Click on the microphone at the top of the home page and type in my code, KevinDC, K-E-V-I-N-D-C. That's Stamps.com. Enter KevinDC. All right, let's bring in Scott Van Pelt uh, for his uh, weekly visit with us. I do want to talk some PGA Championship with him. It's underway at Beth Page Black. But before we get to that, um, let's talk about the NBA playoffs for a moment and talk about Golden State. What does it mean that Golden State got through Houston without Kevin Durant, you know, from the third quarter on in game five and then winning game six on the road and then handling Portland in game one? By the way, I like the Blazers tonight a lot, plus seven and a half um, as an aside. Um, what does it mean? Like, what are we watching? Are we watching a team that could have won the last two titles without Durant? Um, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, they're really good without him. Okay, Steph Curry's really good, uh, and Draymond and Clay's a great shooter. I don't know that they would have won the last. Uh, I don't know that they would have won without him. I mean, they had one without him. Um. And I think they're going to be without him next year. So they probably should get used to life with life without him again. That would be my guess. But I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, what, what difference does it make? Oh, I think it makes a big difference. I think that there's been, um, you know, a debate and and maybe a one sided debate that you know Durant was largely responsible for this dynasty that they did win one without him at the beginning, um, and then mm-hmm. then they lost one without him, and then he has been arguably, you know, a top two or top three player the last two years. I, but I I tend to think after watching this team here recently that they certainly could have had similar results without him. I think it's remarkable that that they they that they potentially didn't need Durant to win three titles in four years. Mm. Well, I mean, their record without him and with Steph's been great. And I, don't, I, I just personally was enjoyed seeing Steph be great in the fourth. I feel like he gets scrutinized more and, and his poor performance is nitpicked more than, than, than a lot of other players. Um, and I don't know. Uh, he was just spectacular watching him 
in that fourth quarter against Houston was amazing. And then watching Portland decide to just let the bigs not sort of <laughs> yeah. double. I mean, it was, it was astounding. I mean, you're going to let the best shooter come off a pick and get a wide-open look? How's that work out? Well, I thought it was funny what Terry Stott said afterwards when he was asked about that. He said, so did Houston double him off that pick and roll? Um, the answer was yes. And how many points did he have in the second half the other night? 33. And then he I, said. No, I, I like that. I liked I mean, I, I appreciated Stott's response. And his point was he only got a few of those out of the out of the pick and roll. I just think, I mean, look, Steph's one of the greatest shoes that's ever ever lived. And you, you sort of had to, had to pick your spots, and you, you, he's probably going to get his one way or another. I think it is true, though, um, and I saw the debate that you had after Game 6 with Stephen A. Um, on your show because it followed that game last Friday night, and I do think that he gets picked on, and I think there's a lot, like I, I even have sensed it from maybe players who have said, no you doubt. know, Steph ain't all what you guys think he is. You know, first of all, he's a terrible defender, and if you really crowd him, you can muscle him and beat him up. And the dude went after zero in the first half in a game in a closeout game against a team that you know is so convinced they were robbed a year ago. Yeah. And by the way, that's my favorite part of the playoffs is that Houston's done, and he goes for thirty three. I do think he's been picked on. Um, and there's been this underlying thing about Steph Curry not being as great as many of the fans think. Yeah, that, I, there's, that's a thing. And then, you know, he goes out and scores 23 in the fourth and 33 in the second half. And he has nine three-pointers in his first game against Portland. It's just, I mean, I've taken to uh, just making fun of it on the show, just sort of laughing and saying, you know, how, how's your Steph slander working out? And uh, I mean, he, he's certainly not above being criticized, of course. Of course you can. Uh, you can criticize him. But, uh, I mean, I think it's just the, the team's just gross. And Durant's a luxury, which is amazing, because he is arguably the best player on the planet, and they don't need him. And he, they'll get him back at some point between now and the finals. And I think they will need him because I think they're going to play Milwaukee, and I think Milwaukee is the best team in basketball because they have been. You know, Kevin, I think maybe some of the players look at Steph and just say, well, he just he's shoot. just shooting the ball, you know. I mean, that's all he's doing. He's just shooting the ball. That, that's been Tommy's thing about Steph because he's been one of the – so what's so great? He, he, he's just shooting it. Yeah. I mean, that's all he's Better doing. Better than anybody it's, in the history of the it, game, including a, Rick Barry. Okay, it's a glorified game of horse. Okay. That's fine. Well, let's not talk about lack of respect. What about Steve Kerr? Does he get any respect in any of this uh, storyline as to where his place is in coaching history? Not really, and that's kind of odd because, I mean, you know, everyone talks about Phil Jackson, and he had several of the greatest players that ever lived. I mean, show me the coach that won without great players. I, I, I'll wait for that list. Oh, you're right. I mean, look, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of coaches screw up talent. So uh, I never penalize a coach for winning with great talent. I agree with you there. No, but the big, the, the main thing, and Jackson obviously did it, and Steve, and Steve Kerr is having to do it, is manage, manage egos, manage personalities, and it's certainly different now. It's fascinating, actually, now to see the way you have to deal with it in the era where everyone's thinking out loud on social media and everyone's sensitive. And Kevin Durant's certainly um, very high on the list of those, those right. people. You have, you have to figure out how to how to navigate all of those types of things, and I think Kerr's been great at that, and because he he lived it. I mean, he was he he played for that you know that circus with the Bulls back in the day, and, and knows kind of what 
personality managements like he, he dealt with the all-time alpha and Michael uh, as a teammate. So, I mean, he ought to get credit. I just don't think, I don't think we're in the business of really giving lots of credit these days to coaches because they just go, well, look at who he's got. Yeah. Uh, you, you've loved the Bucks all year long. They were the best team record-wise in the regular season. Um, Toronto had a shot last night to steal game one, and they didn't. Um, I've come around on your thinking on Milwaukee. I actually liked them to win this series, even though I'm rooting for Toronto. I thought they would win it in five. Uh, when they get to the finals, which I think they will, and I think they will against Golden State, I think the the series price is going to be interesting because I think Milwaukee is definitely that Vegas is bullish on the bucks. And I think the public will just think golden state, because we know a lot of people when it comes to this sport tune in for the NBA finals. I think that price, even with Durant is going to be really slim. Do you agree? Yes. I think Vegas has told you without telling you, you just, all you have to do is pay attention. I mean, the numbers are there with, with what they're, what their series price was against Toronto. I mean, they were prohibitive favorites yeah. against a good team. And um, what they were to win even a, a week ago compared to Golden State, very similar. So, I mean, look, they, they went 60-22. and 22. They had more blowout wins than anybody in the NBA. Their profile, if you take their name off of it, their profile is finals winner based on what they've been and, and what the numbers say about them historically. But because their name says Milwaukee and because there's still very little buy-in because it's like, okay, well, what are they all other than Giannis? It's like Bledsoe, Brooke Lopez, Middleton. Well, he's an all-star. Yep. Middleton is an all-star. And, and if you don't understand that, well, I can't help you and I don't care. You don't have to be smart if you don't want to be. Um, they're really, really good. So when, when you see that number and you're going to dive on Golden State, I think the values on Milwaukee because if there's a pull to them for that series, that that's that you should just take it. Is if there's a what? Oh, did you say a plus? I'm sorry, you faded out there. Yes. Yeah. Well, there. If there's a plus, well, there's definitely. There's you take it. Well, there's definitely going to be a plus if Durant's back, and I have no idea what that is. But I think even if Durant isn't back, it's still going to be a plus. It may be a plus one thirty or a plus one forty, something like that. But. The public's going to play Golden State, and they're going to try to bait you into taking them, too. I agree. I'm just saying that the, the smart play would be to take the better team. What did you think about the lottery the, the other night and where Zion's going? Compelling. Really compelling. It's, it, and it's fascinating how how much interest this young, this young man has around him and this whole he's going to go back to Duke. I mean, and I don't know that any – Smart people were saying it other than like, oh, well, he doesn't want to go to New Orleans. Well, how does anyone know? The same people that, are, that were saying he shouldn't play at Duke after his shoe blew up are the people saying he should go back to Duke. Just stop talking. Wait, wait a minute. What, what, are you ta- what are you talking What are you talking He's saying that, he, that sh- he should go back to Duke. There's some Now? People, yeah, there's some people that are saying well, that. Well, he can't, right? No, I think he can. He can. He can. Sure he could. I mean, you're allowed to sign with agents now and go back yeah. if you um, – it, 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 there's a path back, and and, and if you just well, go would, back, would New Orleans own his rights next year? Would New Orleans no. he'd go back into the draft next year? I, I think so, but there's no no, gar- there's... no they they own his rights really his rights. That's what pe- people don't, people don't understand that, um, and they also don't understand how much money he's going to make for a shoe deal. And I just people just talk to talk. I mean, yeah, it's it, ridiculous. It, it, the whole look at 
New Orleans screwed up Anthony Davis, so they're supposed to blah, blah, blah. You want to know what it is? Winning's hard. It's really hard. Look, like Philadelphia went through three years of sucking so they could be great because you don't want to be a middle-of-the-road franchise that could only win like a first-round playoff game. You know what Philadelphia's done for all their processing? Nothing. They've won two first-round series. That's well, what they've done. Well, even if, if even if he went back into the – let's say let's, – I mean – if there's a lottery next year, let's say he did Scott's saying that New Orleans would own his rights, really? so he wouldn't go back into the draft. Is that, is that, that what you're saying? That's my understanding. Okay. I, I can't I, 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 look, don't take my word for it. I'm just saying it. I have no idea. Well, I mean, right. it's just a, it would be brutally unfair. Well, it's, it's a whole ridiculous conversation to, to, to be going back to Duke. I, I agree with that. So um, Anyway, my, my reaction was that I'm glad that the teams that tried not to win didn't get it. Um, I, I think that the whole tanking, I hate tanking. I hate it. And, uh, the fact that the teams that had the three worst records got three, five and six, no reason you can't get good players at three, five and six, but I'm glad they didn't get Zion. Um, just because I don't feel like you should get rewarded when you don't try. Um, um, I hate that. So it, it's, I mean, he, he, he single-handedly has attention that's, that's, that's unique. This guy Wiseman next year may be the number one player. He's not going to have it the same way Zion did. He's, he's, he's rare in that way. Oh, yeah. I mean, t- Tommy, I actually wish you were here for this conversation, but I went back through the list of all of the number one picks in NBA history, and he's in a select class of about 10 to 12 players that are not just consensus number ones. There have been many of those, but players who were thought to be in the moment – guys that were historically great and would immediately alter the fortunes of the franchise that took him. And and Zion is in that class. Yeah. I mean, he's the biggest needle mover as a number one pick probably since LeBron. And we got to see him for a year. We didn't even get to see LeBron. Right. And in the era of his – I mean – I think what he did for college basketball this year was amazing because, you know, it's one of our favorite sports, Scott, and the truth of the matter is the popularity's been waning, and he gave it a jolt this year, and it was followed up by a great NCAA tournament, as it turned out, with, yes. with epic games. Um, he really was was responsible for that. Um Anyway, uh, PGA Championship. Tiger got off to a rough start. He's actually... Um, I think he's got it back to one over now as we speak. Nobody cares about where he is right now. But who did you like going into it? I picked Kepka. Just I, I, um, I said it's a big boy golf course, and he's a big boy. That was the line I gave for our PR folks that asked for a pick. And he's off to a roaring start. Uh, you're going to have to be able to, to, to smash it out there. Uh, and he just elevates his game in, in majors. Um, and I like him, and he's, he's, he's off to a great start. I mean, it's... It's. I mean, as we talk here, it's it's early. You know, half the field hasn't even played their first round. So you know, it's who knows. But uh, Kepka's he's that guy, man. He he gets a sniff of it, and he's uh, he's tough to deal with. This guy right now in sports is one of the top clutch, big game, big tournament in their sport performers. He's become that. Uh, you know, in in two years. Um, and yeah, he's off to an amazing start. By the way, do you, do, had you played him in our golf pool? Do you have him? As I did. So who's your, who's your other? We picked uh, two. Finau. This week. I thought I picked. I thought I picked Finau. I thought you had two. I did, but I, I was wrong. I, I I ended up picking Justin Rose in the Masters uh, in our golf pool. No one cares about our golf pool, but I had Finau golf and pool. Brooks. That's nice. I'm just curious. By the way, I looked up I looked up this thing about I looked up this thing about draft rights as we were talking, and I knew it was something about if you go early. Not that if you're if you're an early entrant, the draft rights are held 
until uh, one year after the first NBA draft, they could have entered as a non-early entry player, if that oh. makes any sense. So it's it, it's not forever, but it's more than a year. Anyway, he's not going back to Duke, no. just going back to that conversation. He's going to go play for New Orleans. He's going to make a shit ton of money. All right, thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. All right, boys. Have a good day, boys. All right, you too. Uh, Scott Van Pelt, everybody. Uh, go to launchworkplaces.com if you've been thinking about a new office space, like you're in a small spot now or you're working from home. Launch Workplaces has a brand new facility in Bethesda. It's right in the Mass Ave corridor. Very convenient if you live in town, Upper Northwest, Chevy Chase, Bethesda, Potomac, even in Northern Virginia, right across the American Legion Bridge. Great new office space, beautiful new spot. They have, in addition to fully furnished offices, they've got conference rooms that you can use, co-working desks if you just want a desk a few days a week. Uh, With it, high-speed internet, complimentary drinks, a cafe, free parking, and plenty of it, 24-7 access. Get more work done today by moving your office to launch workplaces in Bethesda. You can call today for an exclusive free two-day trial, 240-867-14, or visit launchworkplaces.com. Tell them I told you uh, to call, and you'll get that free two-day trial. They've got other locations around town, and you can find out where all of those are at launchworkplaces.com. Don't forget, by the way, to rate and review us on iTunes. And um, I did hear from some of you, and Aaron, I don't know if you got this or not, some of you had mentioned that the show wasn't automatically downloading the last few days. Um, We're looking into that. One of the things I would suggest, if for whatever reason you're not getting the show normally like you have, is to potentially just delete it and resubscribe. And that should, you know, kick it into gear. But I did put out a note to our platform provider, and I'm hoping to get some answers as to uh, why um, that is happening, especially on iTunes. And I, I know also that I guess Google Play, you get it a little bit later. Some of you have mentioned that too, than everyone else is getting. I, I don't know why that is, and we don't have any control over that once it's provided to uh, to Google Play. Um, but rem- remember, too, that um, it's immediately available once we finish recording, editing, uh, and hopefully editing accurately the podcast, and we get it up on our website. It's immediately there on the website at thekevinsheehanshow.com. These are the problems of a broadcast tycoon. <laughs> yeah, tycoon. <laughs> um, ant-sized. Uh, all right, so tonight, if you're if you're not doing anything and you're thinking about, ah, I got nothing to do tonight, beautiful night again tonight. Yes. Come down to Shelly's back room for Tommy's annual event. It's a great cause. It Kids is a and great baseball. cause. It's a great cause, and you always have a good turnout. And I'm going to be down there for a little while, and I'm sure other friends of yours will be there. Not all of your friends, because some of them don't want to come down uh, downtown. But it's actually easy to get to Metro and plenty of parking around yes. Shelley's. What else do you have to say? That's all I got to say, except I'm glad to be back. I'm, 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 I'm happy that they let me back in the country. I'm glad to have I mentioned you back. your name. And yeah. that got me back in. Uh, I'm glad you're back, too. Uh, missed you, as always. Um, and I think all of our listeners did, too. Not all of them. <laughs> Not, all, Not of all, them. all of them. But you know what I say to them? I don't really care what they say, because <laughs> I, I have fun on Tuesdays and Thursdays with Tommy. Um, thanks to Aaron. Thanks to all of you. Back tomorrow.